you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal, Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and at nfl.com. Shek. very special show in store for you today coming out of studio four as we await studio 66 new renovations those will be done in a matter of weeks in the meantime though one of the all-time greats that is not hyperbole truly one of the greats at his position nay all of pro football superstar middle linebacker for those great chicago bears teams of the 80s mike singletary how are you sir i'm doing great how are you doing I'm doing uh, I'm well I'm doing much better now that you've walked into Studio 4 here. Uh, my friend over to my left here, Adam Rank and I who he embraced the Chicago Bears about a year ago. He was a fan free agent wow. and he decided he had to choose, he had to start a new day and he decided to go with the Chicago Bears. Do you smile on that choice? Uh yes, a little bit. I was born there and it's a family tradition that everybody's a Bears fan. So everybody's a Bears fan except for me cuz I grew up out here. And I was a fan of the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. And in 1986, there was an uncomfortable day for me where my Los Angeles Rams were going in to play you in the NFC Championship game. And I heard it from everybody. The phone, you know, this is way back before caller ID or caller, caller waiting and everything. Just aunts, uncles lined up to call and talk to me and rub it all in. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Singletary, excited to uh, to kibitz with you about uh, a range of subjects here. I want to talk about the modern day Bears, of course. Are you in Chicago these days? Well, actually, I just left Chicago last week. Uh, I was there for just uh, some family uh, fun. and, and um, But, yeah, so I was there last week. 
So, so, but you don't, uh, you don't uh, make your home there then? No, um, my home is in Dallas. Ah, all right. But uh, Chicago, yes, because I lived up there for a while. So, when you were there, as a matter of fact. Okay. Those were heady days to be a Chicago sports fan, and I imagine uh, a big-time athlete there. Let's talk about those days, and we'll work our way to, uh, to 2014 here. When you were in the middle for that defense, I mean, when you look at it now, I'm sure this is a question you've been asked, and I can probably guess your answer. To you, is that 85 Bears defense the best ever? Or as Adam Rank will, like, will often point out, the following seasons, the 1986 defense was statistically, statistically at least even better. Well, uh, statistically, um, you, know, you, you could say that. But, but I think uh, the 85 was the better team. Um, buddy Ryan's still there. Yes, absolutely. And as you look back on that, because I've heard, you know, there's, there's you know, uh, bounds and bounds of uh, videotape and uh, stories that have been written about that uh, iconic team. When you look back on that now, so much of what has been written about is that Rex Ryan sort of was the coach of the defense and Coach Ditka sort of left that to to Ryan and to you guys. Was that the vibe you had? Was it, Was there basically, were there two head coaches to that 85 team? I think that's the way you have to look at it. Um, you know, Buddy was just um, George Hallis. The, the way it was set up, Dick was hired as the head coach. Buddy was held over from uh, the, uh, the original team of uh, the 1981 Bears. And so um, I think George Hallis just uh, told Coach Dick, uh, you know what, uh, let Buddy do what he's doing. You run the rest of the team. And uh, I, I think that worked pretty well for the most part. But every now and then they uh, crossed the lines and uh, they got it right. Was it, Did that feel unorthodox to you? Were you aware that this is not something that you, I mean, based on your experience, had you ever seen or experienced anything like that? It was great for that team. Hmm. Uh, it was the exception. I mean, it's not something in football that you could, you could really have and, and be successful but for that team, because we had so many different personalities. We, we had so many different guys that uh, were just really, it, it was just chemistry-wise, it was such a different team. So it worked for us. Uh, Coach Ditka was kind of like the dad of the entire team. <laughs> and uh, Buddy Ryan was kind of like mom. Uh, <laughs> he Buddy, was, so Buddy was the more loving parent. No, and, I, and- No, I wouldn't say loving. Uh, it, it, it's just in a different way. I, I think um, Buddy protected the defense, and Dick would come over and say, "You guys, you're you're playing uh, you're playing like sissy. You stink." And you know, of course, Buddy would say, "Wait a minute now, back off. You talk about them, you got to talk about me." And uh, then they would have words, and and uh, we we would kind of have to uh, come back under one roof again. But it was tough. It, it was tough, but it was fun, and uh, it worked. When you look back on that great 85 team, the one loss to the Miami Dolphins, was that one – did you kind of wish that you would have been able to face them in the Super Bowl and kind of get one, one more chance to kind of beat them? Well, um, obviously we would have loved to have played them in the Super Bowl, and I'm sure some of those guys would be listening and say, yeah, yeah, right, I wish you would. But um, in actuality, I, the more – the older I get, the more mature I, I look back at that time and realize that that may have been a reason that we got to the Super Bowl to begin with. I think we were the youngest team in football at that particular time. We were rolling. We were going. We, we got a little full of ourselves, and uh, we thought we were going to coast in. And I think uh, what happened is we got really humble 
And after that game, we kind of came together and really had to think twice, you know what? We can be beaten. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we better get ourselves together here and, and get back on track and let's go. Well, yeah, I've read stuff about that. The, 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 was it the night before or the couple of days before? Some of the guys, at least for, for the Bears, went out. They had a good time in South Beach. And they got their comeuppance because they weren't ready for the game. Is that so? You're exactly right. That, that's what happened. I think guys felt, hey, we're going to Miami. Nice weather. This is going to mm-hmm. be great. And, uh, yeah, we'll beat those guys. Uh, we had no idea. Uh, what we were entering into uh, that night. And uh, there were some things happened during that game that was just crazy. I mean, I've never seen it happen again. I but, remember uh, the deflected ball. Off yes. of, I don't remember who it hit, but uh, was it Mark Clayton that was, that was on the receiving end of that one? Uh, yes, I think. Tipped uh, up it, in the air. Yes, Dan Hampton, I think, tipped yeah. the ball, deflected off a helmet, and then uh, he catches the ball and runs for a touch. Stuff like that. It's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> we couldn't buy a break. But uh, I, I really believe when I focus on that game and, and think about the whole Super Bowl, I think the Miami Dolphins are the ones that we need to thank to be able to get there. Had All you right. done the Super Bowl shuffle by that point? Uh, the Super Bowl shuffle, believe it or not, was the very next day. <laughs> Is that so right? needless to say, Coach Dicker was not happy about that. How did you find the strength to go do that? Didn't, did anybody just say, you know what, maybe this is not a great idea? <laughs> that was, the, that was the, the second thing. First of all, we lose that game. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm the one that had to go tell Coach Dicker that the next day <laughs> we were going to do Super Bowl shuffle. And so uh, needless to say what that conversation was like. Um, but no, that, no, I, I, I'd rather you fill no, in. The <laughs> you do want to stay live here, but uh, I, I think what what happened um, was we were able to come together as a team, and we had so much fun that day. And rather than pointing fingers, whose fault was it that we lost that game? Why did we lose that game? Rather than dwelling on the game, we really focused on having a great time and putting that Super Bowl shuffle tape together and feeding a lot of the people in Chicago area. So that thing brought us together. We came out of that patting each other on the back and getting ready. Hey, guys, let's go look down our, our schedule, and let's go get the rest of it. All right. Let me say, just joining us late here in the studio for someone who loves to talk about the history of pro football as well, our old pal Elliot Harrison, and I think you probably recognize another I, guy. He lives in Dallas. It's it not Gary Fensick. No. no. It's, it's not Doug Plank. No. Uh, I think, I think Keep guessing. Like, Keep going. Yeah. Getting hot. <laughs> so I want to know. Second level. Well, these guys are bringing up the Super Bowl shuffle. I want to know who positively was the worst dancer. I mean, what was mm. it? Fensick? No, it wasn't Fensick. Fensick. I looked at it the other day. Uh, you I saw it. At it. No, no. I, it, it was an event that I was at that uh, I just happened. They just happened to have it, and they forced well, me to look at it. I thought you had it on a loop. Oh house. no, I tried to burn it. everyone I find. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I was looking at Fensick in the background. He did a nice job. Right. But Steve Fuller, Steve Fuller was the worst. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that guy was the worst. Um. So I listen. This is something you're you're an intimidating man. I don't mind telling you. I think you've probably heard that before. Just looking at you in the eyes makes you know a, a, a you know a coward like me a little uh, weak in the knees. I'm going to say it nonetheless to you. I have long contended that if the Miami Dolphins would have gotten to that Super Bowl on that fast turf, if they could handle you on that grass at night, then in the in the dome on the fast track, I, Dan Marino to me was the kryptonite. To what you guys were doing, because he could get rid of the ball so fast. 
true? Or, how do you feel about that? Do you want to hit me? No, not not at all. Okay, <laughs> I want to I want to say this about that. I, I think that um, every Dolphin that that played that game, and when that game was over, I think they got together and said, "Guys, we, we got one. We 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 got one." I mean. Don't know how we got it. We got one. <laughs> and um, I don't think they wanted to see us in the Super Bowl. I really don't. Um, I could be wrong, and I may be starting some here. We, we may have something going on when I get well, back to I think to you've go. got but, history and fact on your side. Well, Mine is just speculation. It seems so. like a trend because the Dolphins didn't seem to do very well in the AFC Championship game. And I was actually at – I was in Anaheim Stadium when the Rams and Eric Dickerson ran all over the Cowboys – beat them 20 to nothing in the divisional round. It seemed like the Cowboys remembered like, oh, yeah, we got smoked 44 to zero during the regular season. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just enjoy Anaheim. We'll go to Disneyland and call it a season. Well, it, it, was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, uh, we, we really got stronger after that game, and we really got focused. And I, I think um, being the youngest team in the league at that time, I, I think we really got – uh, when you get a group of uh, young guys together and they, they get something in their gut and uh, something uh, that got hit in the mouth, um, got embarrassed, they get refocused and they come out swinging. Um, one more question about that air and then we'll move on to the 21st century. Do you feel like uh, another thing I have long contended is, had it not been for Charles Martin, and by the way, imagine if that happened in the 21st century with the media attention on stuff. A lot of kids have no idea what that is. Charles Martin of the rival Packers, of course, long after Jim McMahon had unloaded the ball. It feels like a lifetime. He's standing there watching it. Charles Martin next Three to him. Three full seconds. Martin picks him up and spikes him on his shoulder. In hindsight, I've always felt that was the end of a dynasty. You really were probably the favorite to to go back-to-back, back. and who knows, maybe you go on to another one after that at the very least, maybe an extra ring or two um, lost because of that one of the all-time dirty plays. I would say this. I, I think um, when I think about that play, obviously it was a dirty play, but that was not the play that kept us out of the Super Bowl. Hmm. I think we did that. We were a team that, um, because we were the youngest team in the league, we thought we really uh, could just uh, do it again and really uh, allowed ourselves to be taken apart uh, by greed, ignorance. Um, but we did not value each other as we should have. And someone should have been smart enough, and unfortunately I wasn't, to be able to say, guys, look, we have to get back together. We have to get back to getting to the Super Bowl and knowing how difficult it's going to be to get there. And we, we just – we really didn't. We, we did not do that. Are you cognizant of uh, where we started here with best defense and that broad discussion? But as much as you are able to evaluate, are you cognizant of, of those late 70s Steelers? Did you have an eye on what the 2000 Baltimore Ravens were doing? Do you stack your defense up against those and say, we still are better? Or, I'll tell you what, what Ray Lewis and, the, and that gang is doing is maybe even more impressive. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really get into – um, all the theory that, that goes around it, I think it is what it is. And you have to appreciate uh, what we did in 85 and let it stand on its own. And uh, the thing that I always say is is um, you go back and you look at the games and um, you, you have to look at the way offenses were playing. You have to look at um, 
uh, the way the rules were. You have to look at all of those things. Uh, so that's why I don't get into, well, I think this defense was better than that defense. Uh, but I, I really do appreciate, I really appreciate the Steelers defense. I think that defense was as dominant as mm. you want to see. Uh, that front four was something special. They were not just a great front four. They were athletes, and they got after people. Uh, and they had athletes all over that team. Now, when you look at the Bears, I've gone back and I've looked at that team um, several times. Um, and the thing that I really, really appreciate about that team is we didn't have the greatest talent in the world. There were certainly teams that, that had better talent. But what we had is a group of guys that refused to lose. We had a group of guys that were like a pack of dogs. And, and we wanted to prove something, and we wanted to win. And we wanted to do it in a nasty way. That was the group of guys that we had. We were not going to be denied. And so when you, when you have guys like that, it was more about attitude than talent. So to me, that's the thing that really separates us from any other team out there. Uh, plank and then I mean, but you and Otis Wilson next to one another—that was uh, that was a uh, uh, yeah collection of nasty guys out there. You know, we, just spinning it forward a little bit to to today, and you talk about the 2000 Ravens and some of the the, and then even looking at what the Seahawks did. The one difference that I see in the '85 Bears versus those teams is that you guys would crowd the line, and man on man, your guy was generally better than their guy was. So if they tried to block Otis Wilson with the tight end, that tight end was going to lose. You know, if if a guard took on you know McMichael one on one, he was McMichael was usually going to win. Dent was going to beat a tackle one on one. I don't see that from say the Seahawks. I see a lot of line rotation. I see I see good scheme. I see an excellent secondary, but I haven't seen a defense since the Bears. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you could point one out. Is is that am I imagining things or is that true that the way the Bears played is different than the way the teams today are doing it? I think um, that goes back to uh, Buddy Ryan being able to uh, understand what offenses were doing at that particular time. They were trying to run the ball down your throat and then get a uh, path play action uh, game going. And uh, for us, it, it was really about creating one on ones. And so if Dan Hampton, um, you, you could put him on the, the center, uh, which may be your worst player on most teams um, or your least talented player hmm. on the line of scrimmage. If you could put that match up and uh, you could take Fridge and put him over the, one of the guards and, and put Steve over the other, and now uh, you got problems with uh, Richard Dent. Somebody's got to block him. So um, – and then you have a threat of uh, Wilbur Marshall or Otis Wilson uh, coming. And I, I think that defense, uh, it created one-on-ones, and it made you pick your poison. It made you say, you know what, if we're going to lose, let's lose doing this. And so uh, I, I think, and we made you constantly change that. We made the offensive coordinator constantly doubt um, how they were going to have a chance to win the game. And looking back, with Buddy Ryan, Mike Dickett, they'll say in hindsight now that it was one thing, like if they could do it all over again, they would have stayed together. Was that ever a possibility? Was that ever something that they thought they could have coexisted through the future? I, I think they could have coexisted. I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of uh, different things, you know, in hindsight, because uh, in hindsight, uh, obviously you're looking at it differently. Uh, it was 2020 now. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, um, 
you know, Dicker had an ego, Buddy had an ego, and then uh, you had a team of egos. And it was just a matter of, guys, do we really have sense enough? You know, can we humble ourselves to understand what we have and what the possibilities are and the run that we could have? And um, we just didn't have that foresight. So, yeah, it could have happened. All right, let's talk about modern day. And, of course, I think for younger uh, people out there, they probably remember you best for first the, the way you handled Vernon Davis. And I think even Vernon Davis, I've heard him say, in fact, that he credits you for sort of turning around his frame of mind. Do you look now at him and say, I have a lot of pride in how he's turned out? Um, do you say, man, I wish I would have I, – I, I, if I would have gotten one more year there – I could be running what is a perpetual sort of playoff contender. What's your frame of mind with Vernon Davis and with the Niners in general? Well, when I think of Vernon Davis, um, one thing that I I tell people all the time um, as a former motivational speaker or, or, you know, still doing it sometimes, but I think you can't really motivate people. And that's the thing that I I want uh, everyone to understand, particularly Vernon, and I've told him this. You can only motivate people that want to be better. And Vernon was looking for it. He just didn't know how to get there. And I was uh, just someone who was willing to take the risk of uh, laying it all on the line and saying, you know what? (laughs) This is what we're going to do. This is how I feel that I'm going to press that button. And um, you got to make a choice. So as far as Vernon is concerned, Vernon wanted to, in the worst way, be the best that he could be. He just didn't know how to get there. Now, as far as, um, you know, looking at uh, the 49ers and the success that they're having, if I had one more year, um, I think what happened should have happened. I, I think that um, uh, whoever they were going to get as a coach, I was not um, – I, I needed more. I, I needed more knowledge. I, I, needed, um, I needed a few more coaches. I needed a few more players. Um, but I, I needed more. Uh, to uh, otherwise I could possibly still be there and um, not getting done what I feel um, could be done and that's Super Bowl did you feel that uh, did had you watched Hoosiers previously to before seeing that because Norman Dale gives the thing my my team's on the floor the four guys you give the speech I'll I'd rather play with 10 guys than play with somebody who's not ready to do it the way we need to do it do you, do, do you look back on that and say, like, yes, Norman Dale, i got to give you a tip of the hat. Gene Hackman, terrific performance. Well, um, I believe uh, very strongly in um, discipline. I, I really do. And, and I think um, w- without discipline, then I, I may win, but I'm winning at the expense of somebody else. And I, I don't want to win and uh, say, yeah, we won, knowing that something's wrong over here. We, we didn't do it the right way. And I, and I don't think you can have a perpetual winner like that. Um, building from the, the floor up and having a foundation is a tough thing to do. Will you tell me, because uh, you're going to go do some fancy TV stuff, will you tell me that you can't do it, Dave? Will you just tell me, can't do it? It's my one of my favorite. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say that. Just say I can't do. I can't say that. I can't say what you want, Dave. Can't do it. <laughs> can't say it. Can't say it. <laughs> Dreams come true. Thank you, uh, Coach Singletary. Go enjoy yourself on Total Access. We appreciate the time with you today. Thank you, sir. There he 
he goes. Mike Singletary, all-time legend there. Did you feel that he might uh, – I, I didn't I, – I, I never got the sense that he was cross with me for saying what I had to say about uh, the Miami Dolphins. I would like See, credit, I, though, because for years people said you would never say that to any of the Chicago Bears. Well, I just did. Maybe the most intimidating of them all. Fair enough. I don't feel that he liked you, though. Well, I mean, listen. He liked me, but I yeah, – No, he, yeah, he definitely vibed towards you. But you know what? I, I said what I had to say. And you I did. and I don't apologize for it. Well, has your mind changed? Did he did he change your mind? It, you know, it's interesting. I, I've never talked to. I would love to talk to him now. I want to talk to Marino or Mark Clayton or Mark Duper and see if they agree with that assessment. Well, they, they because have, he just said you heard what Singletary said. He said, "I bet you, if you asked any of those Dolphins, they would tell you we got away with one there. We just stole they, one. I don't know how we got that one." Well, they clearly feel that way, or else they would have gone out and played better against the Patriots. Yeah, well, or maybe they overlooked the uh, the Patriots in that rain with uh, Mosey Tatupu and Craig oh, James that, that, and that Tony Eason a, and Steve Grogan. That game was a blowout, but I will oh, say— Oh, by the way, thanks for showing up on time. You know, no, if you is, were on Coach Singletary's team, you would be cut. You yeah, know that? I, I probably would have been. I was afraid he was going to walk out of the interview because you were walking in late. Can't like, do it. Don't have time for this. <laughs> you don't have enough. I, I, I was thinking about what you were saying, and—, and I it, like what it, he said about can't do it. Can't say I, it. I, I like it's that. Be a drop, I, by the way. I assume that's why I wanted okay. him to do it. If you looked at the uh, that Bears defense, though, and you looked at their their, so they had Hampton, McMichael, Perry, Dent. They had Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary. They had Fensick and Durson. The weakness of their defense were the corners. And Leslie Frazier actually tore his knee up in that Super Bowl. Yep. Never never played again. The strength of the Dolphins. I mean, dude. Duper, Clayton, and then having Nat Moore out of the slot, that would have been very difficult for them to contend with. Of course, Miami wouldn't have been able to run the ball to save their life. Well, yeah, I've, also, I've also said before, I think the guy, I, if, I, if Dan Marino is the kryptonite for that uh, 46 defense, so too is Aaron Rodgers in my book. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would get rid of that ball fast uh, to those speedy receivers. Plus, I think the thing with the 46 defense, I guess the adjustment made by pro offenses is to spread that thing out. Just put four receivers on the field. What would the Bears of, well, of 85 now, do to that? Well, now, of course, because the offenses have evolved and the 46 defense is not what it was back in 1985, but we're talking about in that moment, in that game, Dan Marino would have faced the same sort of pressure that Peyton Manning was facing in Super Bowl 48, and it would have ended the same way that it ended for the Patriots. It would have been another blowout because the Dolphins got shut down in the second half of that Monday night game. Because the Bears figured it out. Buddy Ryan's like, oh, I'm an idiot. I should have done this. Mm -hmm. Boom, they go out. They make the adjustment. They just didn't have enough to get back into that game. So that kind of stuff happens. Now they would have been ready for him the second time. I think Miami would have lost too. But to your point, because we've had this discussion before about Aaron Rodgers versus that defense, Miami did have a pretty good offensive line, anchored by Dwight Stevenson, one of the best centers to ever play. The Packers' offensive line is not their strength. And if those guys are getting beat straight up, man-to-man, every time, Rodgers is going to have three guys in his face every play. And as mobile as he is, he can't do that all the time. Uh, Rank, you just, uh, before we started here with with Singletary, you uh, saw that the Chargers, uh, breaking news, Brandon Flowers, eh? That's a good upgrade, Jim. A good upgrade. I mean, that for when you 
make your when you double down like the Broncos now bring in Cody Latimer. All right, they already have a potent offense. When you fix something that was a was a terrible weakness a year ago, that makes them more tr- intriguing to me. I feel like this is the team and I said that maybe 3 4 months ago and I'll say it again is I feel like the team that was in the playoffs last year that nobody is talking about is the Chargers. I think that uh, that this is a team that has a chance, again, to, to be really good. Ryan Matthews finally broke through. He would be the question mark to me. Is he going to stand up they've for a, a second straight season? I know that you're high great, on the other back that they they've brought got in. A, they've got a great stable of backs there, including Marion Grice, who they drafted out of Arizona State. Digging what they're doing on offense. I know uh, North Turner. Ken Wisenhunt gets a lot of credit for turning Phillip Rivers' career around, so to speak. But Mike McCoy was the offensive coordinator in Denver, and he goes to San Diego. He deserves a little bit of the credit, too. So I like I like San Diego to repeat as a playoff participant. Well, you mentioned how Denver failed, fared and failed uh, against Seattle, Peyton Manning. If you remember that divisional playoff, that game was close against mm-hmm. San Diego. They had a walking wounded back there, and they were playing with a weak secondary. Uh, San Diego could have very easily upset Denver in the divisional playoff. What, beat Peyton Manning in a playoff game? That never happens. Well, they beat him in the regular season. I'll say Denver this, too. Well. I'm being facetious. I know you are. I mean, listen, Malcolm Floyd comes back, Keenan Allen in year two now. Um, I, you know, like you say, Melvin Ingram, that defense got a lot better when he came back. He was really good, and it was, uh, uh, you know, it was – clearly uh, a, a huge difference. They, they were not some bum team that you just rolled over sure. as soon as Ingram came back. So, that, so they're interesting. Speaking of which, real quick, let's just do it, fellas. Let's figure it out. We're here in June. Let's just rank them out real quick. Who's going to the playoffs? Denver's going to win that division. Patriots are going to win theirs. Who do you have? Do you have the Chargers getting a wild card? Black tie, why are you so upset throwing your arms out like that? He's just going to throw that out, like, real quick, let's figure out the playoff team. That's a whole podcast it's in June. itself. I know. But really? The, like, we're not going to change we're our gonna, minds We're going to keep times? doing it. We're going to keep doing these That's things, and we'll adjust them as we go. I feel the Chargers. Time, this is the thing, too. you got to assume not everybody listens to every podcast. Yes. I agree. It just this could that's, be somebody's that's, first that's, time. That is a podcast. That's a topic that deserves its own podcast. That's how Mike Singletary deserves his own podcast. We are going to – we're going to – well, believe me, as we approach kickoff, we will continue to adjust these things, but it's interesting to – at least to me, I like uh, doing them. I think we're going to have a real rarity this year. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. I think the AFC, we're going to have the same six teams that we had last year. Really? When, did, when does that ever happen? You think the Chiefs the, go back? Yeah, the one team that I really want to say is going to sneak in there is Buffalo. Hmm. I, I really feel like they're turning it around. But but I'm going to go put myself out there and say the same exact teams make it. That never happens. This isn't homerism, or maybe it is. The a- AFC North matchups their divisional matchups are pretty good this year the te- the the other divisions that they ha- have to play this season so i I'm, i think there's a chance for somebody i think I, I talk about a team that didn't make the playoffs last year but won the super bowl the year before that nobody's talking about that ravens team mm-hmm. it has made some differences they clearly have now shifted whether it's informed by ray rice's troubles or the inability to run the ball with with pierce or with rice a year ago for whatever reason, they're going to throw the ball this year, it would appear. And their defense, I think, is going to bounce back some. I, I, I fear the Ravens this year. Nah, I don't really. No, because I don't think Ray Rice is going to play this year. Well, maybe he won't. But I still think that they're, I think they're going to sling it, though. I think they're going to be able to sling it around pretty good this year. I would look at a team. I'm probably going to be a year too early on Jacksonville, but really like what they're doing. And also the I Texans. agree with that. I think Blake Bortles is going to be really good. I think, I think when we look back – 
Derek Carr and Blake Bortles will be the two best uh, quarterbacks of the group. And then we're ignoring the Houston Texans, who were a great team two years ago. And now they got arguably one of the most sought-after defensive prospects coming into the NFL draft over the last decade at least. You add him to a defense that was already pretty good. Brent, uh, Cushing's going to come back healthy. I don't know. Texans are going to be pretty tough. That AFC South is going to be pretty interesting this year. Well, the Texans, I think it is dependent on Cushing. And I think it's dependent on Andre Johnson. You know, I mean, if those two guys can play at, at, at that level that well, they've played at before. But I would say DeAndre Hopkins is going to make a step. He's yes, going to make a leap. I agree with this. Yeah. He's going to be a lot better in his second year. And remember, like his first month last year was pretty good. Yeah. And then the quarterbacks all got hurt. I now. just think they need more than him. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's the I deal. Think, what but, is Andre Johnson doing? Where does he think he's going to wind up? Is there any chance? Am I misinterpreting, misunderstanding his ploy no, here? But, I can't see him going anywhere. But it's hard for me to – I mean, I understand the guy. You know, I mean, dude, he's going into his 12th year, which is hard to believe as it is. There's only one year that the Texans played that he wasn't there. I mean, if you've been with that team that long and you had to put up with some of the stuff that he's had to put up with – and I mean, imagine last year being on that unit watching Schaub four straight games have a pick six. I mean, it would, you know, you're going to be disgruntled. I'd be That's pretty what all bummed my teammates if, felt if, like in every sport that I played. I would, I, and I'd be, I'd be doubly sad if, if I got the vibe, which apparently now Bill O'Brien has made clear, it is the, uh, the Amish rifle. It is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why he gets so much grief? He's a look at his career back. He is. Don't you like to say you like to point out? No, that, he is a bridge to something better. But, but he, is, always, he is a serviceable guy on a bad team. Is but all you always is. say, look at the quarterbacks who have won the last three Super Bowls. I it's know, but not he's not. But he isn't the. But he doesn't really? reach the minimum standard. He's not me. as good as Brad Johnson or no, any of these. No, I don't think dr- he is. That's that's I, I hear. Yeah, listen, I stand by my point. I don't think he that's rises. A good question: Is he as good as Brad Johnson? Oh yeah. You, you say put him yes? on a good defense, a guy that's just managing the game, and if they can get their running attack back, if Arian Foster is good, that's another big Dustin John- that Well, they got Dustin well. Johnson, and they got uh, John- Johnny uh, Jonathan Grimes. Yeah, they and listen, they built up both sides of the line there. It's interesting. I just don't know what Arian Foster is going to be. I know what Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be, which is maybe good for two weeks or a month, but that doesn't mean he's going to have some enduring. Uh, transformative career. I mean, season that's going to change the way we regard him. I'm going to get Bill Sidell on the case, our intrepid researcher for NFL Fantasy Live. Oh, yeah. Sudsy. That's something to promote here uh, before we wrap it up here today is an idea that came from uh, from in-house was that it was fun. We had Bill Smith, the researcher, in here last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago. And um, somebody suggested, I like to speculate recklessly. It would be fun to have somebody in here to sort of like it's not like it's a it's a brand new idea. Tony Reale does it on uh, Pardon the Interruption. Just as, you know checks and balances. Mm-hmm. A, a, a statistician to sort of look at things. But more, I think on a on maybe a per podcast basis, I would like these researchers. They do tons of work every week, and they unearth all sorts of unbelievable nuggets. Sudsy Sadal, Bill Smith, and the rest. I want to bring one of them in here at least once a week to share some of these things that somehow never make it to air, and I think it'll be really interesting. There's some 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 under the radar facts that you haven't heard, so we'll do that. Also next week we will once and for all figure out. We did a week ago our all division teams here. We chose by division the basically the Pro Bowl version 
of a team, but by division rather than by conference. We will decide how we're going to play out that tournament. Probably EA Sports. Hopefully uh, Madden can give us the simulations of that. We also have the NFL Cup ongoing here. Uh, speaking of uh, the World Cup, actually, we just did a podcast with Julius Thomas of the Denver Broncos. We talked. He's a, he's a like me. He's an emerging soccer or beautiful game fan. He called in. I thought he was going to be some expert. He was not. He was. He said he's just now learning the game. We kibitzed with him. He was a lot of fun to yap with. We also talked about the Broncos a little bit. We also talked about how Peyton Manning would be as a soccer player. Julius Thomas agreed. It wouldn't be so good. But otherwise, the uh, some of the Broncos might be good. So we do- talked about that. Make sure you dig that one up. This is a going to be our second and last podcast of the week. We're not going to do another one. Black Tie's going on vacation for the rest of this week, so we'll be back next week with that. I assume he's going to focus fully all of his waking hours now on the uh, on the World Cup. You but, do uh, know next week as well is leading up to July 4th, right? So, so I, what? I'm just saying. Wait, are you, know, you out next week, too? Out of town yeah, what do you do? Do you be... ever take time off? No, you know? no I don't. <laughs> Shaq wants to take a podcast every day. I, I don't want to tape For a podcast hours. every day. I want to I, listen. I don't. This, this ain't work. We talk about football. What's what's this? This isn't working. This is nonsense. We were reckless, spe, reckless speculation about who's going to win the divisions. For someone That's who likes to recklessly speculate about I sports do. and football, I do. right? Exactly. This is not work. That's right. It's not work at all. Um. So all right. So so we'll do all those things for you next week. Is this? Uh, so was that was that comment you just made there, Black Tie? Was that your attempt to say? I don't want to do podcasts next week either. No, just saying, you know, it's uh, we got to think of an audience and think about people who are busy <laughs> in the holiday vacation. You know, you don't you don't want to put a Is podcast out on July 3rd, you know, because you're not going to have people listen to it. I can't July think 4th. of anything more American than listening <laughs> to, to your me voice. talk about soccer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. So we won't have any updates for you. On um, on the U.S. game until I don't know when. If Black Tie has his way, maybe we'll talk to you about uh, maybe around Labor Day. I guess if that uh, suits Black Tie's schedule, we'll do that. Otherwise, uh, we should have at least one podcast for you updating the things I just mentioned to you. Um, and uh, and that's that. It was a pleasure to meet uh, Mike Singletary here. Eh, tisk tisk, and shame on you for showing up late. But uh, thanks for joining. Just the, sh- the just the same. Adam Rank, all the best to you. Anybody you want to promote anything real quick before we wrap it up here? I'm not going to promote Southwest Airlines, who made me late. Oh, Rank, you were wait, you were up? late on a Southwest Air. They're never late. I know me. they're excellent or not. They're really great. They're the best. I, I really everybody. like it. I don't mind taking my seat. Do you? No. Why? Why? Does Some people complain about that. Just get there. Just get in and walk to the back of the plane and sit down. We yes. get out of there quicker. Exactly. That's how, it, that's how it works. Yeah, I'm kind of down for that. My parents are obsessed with uh, getting. In Group A, though, I mean, it is it, well. It my, is. my parents, it's my it's my father's singular yeah. obsession for forty eight hours in front of the flight. Make sure we got to be on the, we got to get online as soon as we can do. It. We got to get in Group A. Why? What's the diff? What's what's going to happen? You know, it's a, that's why you get the Southwest credit card. You don't have to worry about such things. Ah, that's what I'm promoting. Southwest pro tip <laughs> pro for tip. free. Um, all right, so Not there even you my have real it. sponsors like Knock Around Sunglasses. Good at Knock Around on Twitter. Good stuff uh, from Singletary and you fellas. Like I say, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.